Well, that's what we're all about, right? Silliness? Yeah. I like just being real. You know, like I think some people, they do these podcasts and they come in with this preconceived notion of how they have to be and what they want to sound like and like all that. But really, it's like, what are you talking about? Is it real or is it not? <laughs> yeah. I've done a few podcasts already and I've had that instance where it, it some like one of the guys I'm thinking of particularly... Um, I kind of felt like he had a message mm-hmm. before we walked through the door. Exactly. And like he just wanted to get that message out yeah. there. And, and I'm like, oh, dude, this is supposed to be a just a riff. You yeah, know what I mean? just fun. It's yeah. supposed to happen naturally, not to, um, not to be so forced. So um, I've hit record, even though I'm not super amped about the way my mic sounds, to be honest. But, uh, you know. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. I mean, it's good <laughs> enough for Eminem, right? Yeah. Um, so the podcast is back. I haven't recorded now for probably the better part of a month. Yeah, it's better than I'm doing, man. Yeah, me and Sharif like sometimes we'll do one every month, and then sometimes we'll go like five months and not do one. Yeah. So I guess I'm on my artist series. So I did like whoop. Um, I did. Um, I would guess maybe three in a row, three or four podcasts that was pretty much centered around skateboarding. Yeah. Um, which was cool. Right? Yeah, I, I watched part of one of them because um, you, I don't know, you posted something on um, Facebook and you're like, yo, um, and you had a skater or something. And then I, I was like, oh, a skater. And then I listened to it. So, um, yeah. Was it the Brian Bedwell by chance? I can't remember. Yeah. I listen the, to so many podcasts, they just all blend together. They all blend together. They all sound the same. That sounds very racist. <laughs> um, they do, though. Like, when you really think about it, man, like, I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. I listen to Your Mom's House podcast. I listen to Theo Vaughn. I listen to tons and tons of podcasts. And after a while, you realize you can only... <laughs> Dude, it's such a shitty job hitting the mic arm. <laughs> you can only talk about so many, like one thing in so many ways, you know? A lot of the times they're talking about the same things, you know? And the same people. A lot of the times these podcasts are... Uh, are uh, <laughs> a lot of the times they're talking about like something that's going on in the news or something that's current. And so they're all talking about the same subject matter. So I think they do blend together. It's like, yeah, I listen to Joe Rogan talk about it. I listen to your mom's house talk about it. I listen to this person talk about it. And it's like, so this, I must be <laughs> incidentally in my artist series because yeah. my prior recording, I think was with this guy, Henry Patasevich, who is an artist. Yeah. Um, I've got one of his paintings right around the corner. Um, I posted a picture of it. It's, it's an Einstein. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got another one up of, of his in my office. Um, uh, the first one I won in a silent auction. This other one, he gave me a sweet deal after doing the podcast. Um, and um, and so here we are. And <laughs> whom we're talking with today is my very, very good friend, um, Mr. Adam Hensky, or better known on, in the interwebs as Burn353. Yep. What's up, my dude? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> so Adam and I go back to when we were you know shitheads yeah well when we we're younger shitheads yeah um <laughs> on skateboards again skateboarding being a you know a, a, a recurring theme i guess yeah i think once a skater always a skater if you really were a skater yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and then um like i remember seeing you skate adam was from litchfield i was from gillespie and we were maybe eight miles apart or two towns yeah 
they're both tiny little towns but litchfield had a skate park gillespie didn't so you know i came over to litchfield to skate and it was always it'd always be an occasion when adam hit the skate park because he was like <laughs> one of the more rad dudes around like he was you know there's all these, i like to make an entrance <laughs> yeah there's all these urban legends and I, was it true that you were sponsored like no you know, people were giving you shit oh people were giving me shit but i wasn't sponsored like i got free decks from george from um skank skates yeah he gave me free decks he gave me free bearings like he just helped me but he also helped a lot of kids that just didn't have money and shit yeah so um like and he would just like we'd be at a show or something and he would just give people stuff but so i don't know if he was doing it because i was good or if he just was helping a kid out you know yeah but in doing that now i do that to kids like i just gave my neighbor i saw my little neighbor girl out she's got this crappy skateboard and they don't have a lot of money you know but they had this crappy skateboard it's just like it was just falling apart already and she just got it but she was out there every day all day ollie and trying to learn how to ollie trying to learn how to do tricks and i was like all right this girl's putting in the time so i went into my shop and i was cleaning it out anyway and i got a brand new deck brand new grip tape brand new wheels brand new bearings and i just hooked her up and i just switched all over her trucks and everything and she was like nobody's ever given me anything before like that uh, but she was she super was appreciative wasn't she? yeah so i was like george hooked me up and i'm paying it forward now and i'm hooking kids up and hopefully they'll grow up and hook somebody up you know <laughs> yeah i mean there's a lot of generosity in the skate community yeah you know especially from the older you know the older guys down you know who can usually do yeah it's a pretty cool thing to see out in the parks you know like brian was talking about how you know when some dudes you know boards starting to get a little a little age they just take and pull it apart and they you know give it to some kid that's hanging out at the park and oh, yeah. you know he's got a brand new setup so you know pass the board down oh yeah i mean nowadays i, I got a job and stuff when i was a kid you had to wait for Christmas to get a skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> you had to wait a whole year to get a skateboard when I was a kid. Like, I didn't just buy my own skateboards because we just didn't have money. Yeah, you so. probably had to hang, like, your main gift request on that board. It was it. That yeah. was all you're getting, probably. It was 150 bucks for a complete mm-hmm. back then. I don't, you know, it's like, so, yeah, it was pretty much most of your Christmas. But um, that's all I cared about, like, was skateboarding. So that's cool with me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I still got all my VHS tapes from my very first um, my skate videos and stuff was was the H Street Hocus Pocus was my first video and I still got that sa- in the same case and everything I still own it. It's like I love that video. <laughs> well, it was a classic. Yeah, absolute classic. And I skated with Ron Allen when I was a kid at at Skank Skates. I was at Skanks and I went real early. And my mom dropped me off and she went to the mall. And I'm sitting there at Skanks and I paid to skate the ramp. And I was the only kid there because it was super early in the morning. And I'm skating the ramp. And this like late 80s, early 90s. And um, all of a sudden this dude walks in and he has like two dude, two big dudes with him. And, and just the vibe of him walking in, you could tell he wasn't from around here. Like yeah. he's from somewhere cool. You know what I mean? Like he's from yeah, California or somewhere. You can detect it. Oh, you just the vibe. Like he came in and just the the energy. And then he's like talking to George like he knew him. And I was like, okay, this guy must be somebody. And then he just jumped on a board and jumped on the ramp and did stuff that I've never seen anybody do to this day on a ramp and in real life. You know, like yeah. when you see a pro on a video, it's one thing. When you see a pro in real life right in front of you doing the craziest tricks that you've ever seen is just crazy 
like yeah. he was doing like he's a really good skater like i know ron allen is like not probably remembered as much as like tony hawk and them but ron allen was legit he was the first black skater i remember ron allen was the first black skater it was ron allen and ron chapman and then i mean it, it, those guys were the first ones that really was like yo check it out look what i can do <laughs> and then how 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 much did he predate ray ray barbie i don't know ray probably he's probably ray probably started it but i mean they're all probably in the mix there so yeah. ray was probably first ron allen i mean because hocus pocus came out right around the time that ray barbie's videos came out so they're all probably in there they're probably the same around the same age how cool how cool is that board company by the way which one h street oh h street was cool but i hear a lot of bad stories about tony magnuson who ran h street like i hear him him personally what he was kind of a jerk to a lot of people and um a lot of people didn't like the way he skated like at contests and he was kind of a jerk when he skated so there's this there's this video or in in Ho in hocus pocus he does this thing where he does like five mctwists in a row he's like then they count them they're like one and then he does a mctwist after one after another after another after another after another and at the time that was the coolest trick that was like doing a 900 or something over and over again and um but the people that were in the skate competition at the time were like dude really like this is just a gimmick at this point you're just doing one trick over and over and over again so i knew like the people that were in actually of the time skating against them hated him <laughs> wasn't into it they weren't into it none of them were into it they, they just all hate tony magnuson like if you ever hear the nine club you ever listen yeah. to the nine club i've never heard anybody say anything nice about tony <laughs> magnuson and i don't know him personally i always liked h street and i always liked i always liked him and them but i would just always hear these stories now i guess of him just being kind of a certain way to certain people <laughs> so i'm, I'm going to sort of tie the skating conversation into art and vice versa a little bit because you have a really interesting like your connection to skateboarding is even more than the fact that you just did it when you're younger and and yeah. even now you skate a little bit and yeah. so but and i collect skateboards and sk yeah skating is just part of what i do yeah. and and you made a certain piece of memorabilia for somebody oh for and, um, and, you, and you send it to him oh steve cavallero <laughs> yeah how i mean tell me about that oh steve's cool i hit up steve and i was like i designed um steve has this work truck that is in like an old it's kind of like a dodge a100 van but it's a pickup truck like back in the 60s they made vans but they, then they made these ones where they just chopped the van part off and had truck bed in the back and yeah. it's kind of looks crazy yeah you're all in the very front where the engine of a normal car would be you're right over the top of the wheels so it's really cool little old truck and i saw a picture of it on instagram and i'm like i'm gonna make a skateboard version of that so i made this cartoony version of, it, of his shop truck and put skateboard wheels and skateboard trucks underneath the truck itself and then I designed it all, and then I sent him a picture. I'm like, I designed and made this for you, and I, I really want to send it to you. And then he sent me all the information to send it to him, and then I sent it to him. And then it's been in video after video. It's been in interviews now. Like, it's in the background, because it's in his house 
right when you walk in his like entryway in his house it's hanging right up dude so <laughs> burn through 353 is represented in Steve oh, yeah. Caballero's house on his walls yeah one of my buddies toy box monster goes over there to Steve's house and they do art drawing nights or whatever yeah i've seen that and toy box monster said hey i saw your painting at steve's house and i was like so it's super cool when you when you hear that that's what a connection that is well i also have a piece in um i'm not as connected to this person but somehow um gary v you know who gary v is of course his he had a pot his podcast had my ultimate warrior painting in the back behind his head for like two years straight no kidding somebody bought bought it from me and then gifted it to him i guess because he didn't buy it from me and i didn't i don't know i remember making it and selling it to somebody but i don't know who it was like i I sell paintings all the time but you you saw it on gary gary v's wall somebody tagged me and they're like dude what's your painting doing in gary v's (laughs) and i'm like i don't know and then i hit him up and he of course he never said anything back but yeah i was like i gave it a chance yeah and then lady gaga i um one time my phone blew up like i'm talking this is the only time i've ever had anything like this happen where my phone just started going off like and i'm talking to a point that it wouldn't stop going off and i'm like what's going on and all my friends are like blowing me up like off people that are friends with me online and stuff even and they're like dude where did lady gaga get your shirt and I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I finally, I start, my sister, everybody's sending me pictures of Lady Gaga walking around, and they get pictures of her in my hot rod shirt. for my, It's like a Christmas hot rod shirt that I designed, and it says Burn 353 on it. And it's like, no so now shit. I got all these pictures of Lady Gaga with my shirt, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. That is kind of crazy, yeah, man. I like Lady Gaga, so it's, I was like represent <laughs> did, did you see my post on, on yeah Facebook you're yesterday? Like, I like jesus that's so funny that that happened like that dude you know what i've i've gotten older and i've really like opened my mind up to pop music because i was felt the same way about you like i i didn't want to like lady gaga and i didn't want to like share and i don't want to like these things but i tell you what when i'm just painting i love listening to share britney spears lady gaga any of that stuff to be in the background because it it's just got a good beat and you can just paint to it and not feel like you want to be like slow down or or paced up or, or take a nap off, yeah. you know or pissed off yeah i don't want to be pissed off all the time like i want to just be chill <laughs> you know what i mean i listen to a lot of stupid stuff like i listen to we listen to britney spears all the way up here and um just dumb stuff it's fun like i like fun dumb music but then there's times when like when i'm at at night painting by myself and there's nobody li- you know it's just me then it's more like chill music or podcast somebody talking mm-hmm. but yeah, i just always have to have something on <laughs> I, i've i've been forever been very judgy about my um music taste me too only that i i want to appreciate art mm-hmm. i don't want to i don't want the machine to make something that reacts well with my brain yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. because like the big music machine out there like they've done all the studies they they know like how many beats and and all oh, like, yeah. they've, they they've can got replicate a, they've got a formula for making popular mm. music that's yeah. what i don't want and when i realized when i watched um a star is born mm. and i saw lady gaga doing her thing in that movie i was like oh shit i'm an asshole she's a legit artist oh like sure. she's a legit artist i should pay attention to what she's doing mm. and from there on in i i sort of 
you know, just said, you know, you're you're an asshole, Bob. You, I was yeah, the same way with Justin, um, Justin Timberlake, and <laughs> Justin Bieber, but Justin Timberlake for sure. I watched his HBO special back in the '90s. I don't know when it was. It was way after his stint with his, you know, Backstreet Boys or whatever he was in. Yeah. When he was, I just didn't want to like him because he was in those groups and that group or whatever. And then he's too pretty too. Yeah, yeah and, and and then I saw all sparkly. I saw that <laughs> special, and he comes out, and that dude sings and dances and and in between entertains everybody just talking to him and does not stop once he hits that stage to when he leaves that stage it is a show you're paying for a real show he's a real showman and i had so much respect for him after i saw that and yeah. i was just like this dude's legit just like you said like you cannot not respect him after you see the work that they put in yeah you respect the shit out of it after yeah that. yeah yeah, I, I I can be a little pretentious when it comes to music. Only oh, in, I am too. Yeah. yeah, only in that, only in that. I just I just want to hear art. I you know just like when I was telling somebody about Henry Patasevich's art, mm. you know he does um, what he calls realism, and with his description of it, I feel like when I'm looking at one of his paintings, I'm looking at that thing he's seeing through Henrik's Henrik's. Um, filter mm-hmm. i'm seeing it through his eyes how he sees it and yeah. that's what he's put it on the on the canvas i like that right and mm-hmm. that's why I, you know that's if i don't see that in art i pass you yeah know what I mean? and, and i think that you have to find that in all art music or visual art it's like does it connect with you mm-hmm. and if it does it doesn't mean it's bad art it just means it's not for you yeah it's not for me <laughs> yeah it's like because how much how many times have you gone in somebody's house and they have a painting up and you're like, why do you have that painting up? That's the ugliest painting I've ever seen. But to them, it might just be, might mean something or remind them of something. Or I, I, I've had this house for sale now for almost a year. Actually, I think it's been about a year now. And this wall of my, my what I call the gallery where I've got all my old skated boards, my kids' boards, my boards, all this sort of stuff and the pictures, I would love to be able to know what people are thinking when they walk in this room. You know yeah. what I mean? Because this yeah. is a small conservative town, and they walk in and they see a, a a wall full of what look to be pretty trashed boards. Yeah, <laughs> but like you and I don't see a trash skateboard. You and I see like hundreds of uh, amazing memories. Yeah, and and each board has its own energy, and like you and I see that, but I, I imagine you know because we see the artistic yeah. side of it, like you know we can connect to it, whereas other people are just. I, I gotta imagine they're thinking, why are these on the wall? That's, oh, yeah. That's I mean, my house is dumb. full of skateboards, and uh, my kids, um, they say that all their friends love our house because there's just art and toys and skateboards everywhere. Like, you can't go anywhere in our house without just being bombarded with art mm-hmm. and stuff. But um, they seem to like it. And But like you said, on the outside of our house, super conservative. You wouldn't know that yeah. there's any art or anything on the inside and then you get inside and you're like holy shit <laughs> but um yeah it's the same it's the same thing like um you i always wonder what people like what normal people think but yeah. i'm not a normal person normal like people in, in quotations yeah. well i think normal people in quotations like they try to keep up with the joneses and they they think everything has to be like a cookie cutter home like they see on hgtv and what they don't realize is nobody's living in those homes that they show on HGTV. Oh, like man. a lot of this stuff is, it's all prepped. 
and it's all fake and it's not real <laughs> I'm, I'm in i'm in a lot of houses doing what i do for a living and there are some houses that's very obvious that they are art collectors right mm-hmm. because some of the houses have world-renowned pieces of art in them so mm-hmm. i'm not talking about those but i'm talking about a lot of the you know more average folks houses everybody has stuff on their walls and i sometimes wonder myself like is this just decor or is this art did yeah. this come from the mall or did this come from a studio yeah is this just and a poster in a frame or yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly truly. i mean i don't have really the honestly i think the art that i have is very good mm-hmm. especially for the budget that i have to spend on it like i don't have a budget yeah I, i'm a i'm a buyer of opportunity when good opportunities arise and i like the art i try to get it yeah um but that's the only way i get to have art but i feel like i'm blessed with some really nice art in this house and i feel like the art puts a vibe into the house i wonder i mean i guess it's you know regular folks with with just decor pieces hanging here and there I wonder if it has the same feeling for them. I don't think it does. I think they just put something on the wall so it's not blank. But I, I find it hard to believe that they get any warm, fuzzy feeling seeing the dogs playing poker when they walk by it. You know, like, I, th- I feel like sometimes they put silly stuff on the walls just to fill the space. But if yeah. you just, like, maybe find a local artist, you can... If you find a local artist, a young local artist, they're almost giving art away. Yeah. They're, they're wanting to do it almost for free. They just want somebody to be interested in their art. Find somebody like that and invest. Like today, this morning, I bought a $60 painting. If you've seen yeah. my house, you will be, you'll know I do not have any room for paintings. I have no room. <laughs> I don't need a painting. The walls are full. And I didn't need this painting, but I bought it because this kid's a struggling artist, and I saw his post, and he's like, I've been homeless for this long, and I didn't see myself being in this situation um Mm. i don't know how to deal with it but all i'm doing is working through it um and i'm off the streets right now because of my art and um if anybody just wants to you know buy some art or whatever i'm super appreciative and he was super humble and appreciative and i was like i'm just gonna go buy something from this guy because like like he needs he needs somebody to buy something from him for one and two his art was dope it was it was really good and i just saw that instead of giving up like this dude's like loses his house and everything he just paints more paintings i watched his instagram go from a painting here and there to painting 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 like every day like this guy turned into a machine and just started painting because he had to to survive yeah so i was like this guy's just trying to stay warm yeah dude i want to you support know? That, that i totally love the idea of support it's a guy i shout out dude. right right now on my page check him out I will, but um, yeah, like I bought, I bought a painting from just because I just want to help him out. Like you and I have been there, where like the bottom falls out, and you don't know how yeah. the next thing. Like when I was in that position, I didn't painting wasn't my medium. I just worked more. Yeah, you know, I I did work sixty and seventy hours a week until I got until we got caught up and we got above ground, and that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, he's, he's just going all out. Yeah, yeah. so I, I was like, that. I appreciate the hustle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially if he's putting a good product out, that's even better. Yeah, it looks good too. He's not just not just putting out garbage, you know. Yeah, wasn't so. wasn't uh, Basquiat homeless at one point? Oh yeah, but I think it was, it was more of a voluntary homelessness. Was it because his dad <laughs> had money? Because okay. I, I love Basquiat. He's one of my favorite uh, artists. Oh really? His dad had a lot of money, but he didn't. He was estranged from his father. He didn't really like to talk to his father. Oh, okay. um, his dad, they just didn't get along. 
and his mom was in a psych psychiatric ward at one time so at that point when his mom was in a psychiatric ward he was homeless oh. because he didn't want to go hang out with his dad he didn't so he had a home he just didn't chose not to go to it yeah you know so i, I don't know i use the term homelessness in quotations because some people just don't have a home to even go to you know <laughs> yeah. this dude just chose not to and he lived in the par- central park or whatever in boxes but uh yeah and he met andy warhol and gave him like ignorant art he was like he called it ignorant art at the time he's like and he put and he made him buy it too he goes hey you know like buy this and like <laughs> so did warhol make him famous oh yeah for sure oh, i didn't know that warhol, andy warhol made him famous yeah oh wow and him and him becoming friends with andy warhol legitimized the painting of Basquiat to the point to a degree that then everybody in the art world respected him and they're like you know Andy knows about painting and yeah. if he says you're a good painter you're a good painter so and he just put him on the map he put him on Bang. the spot yeah and then dude, dude blew up well and then to the point that they were such good friends that after Andy Warhol died um Basquiat OD'd pretty pretty soon after that. Oh, really? Because he was depressed. He stopped doing art. Stopped doing shows. Like he really didn't do well, and pretty much died. I'm pretty sh- soon after. That's brutal. Yeah, because then they were very That's close. Really sad. Yeah. yeah. Damn. But yeah, they were they were pretty cool. If you ever watched that movie Basquiat, it's pretty good. I have it queued up actually. Dude, it's one of my favorite movies. It's, it's probably the favorite. My favorite movie. It's. I love the soundtrack is, too. What platform is it on? Is it on? I don't Amazon? even know. I've watched it so many times. I have it on VHS. <laughs> oh no shit! Yeah, I've I've watched that movie since it came out. I'll look for it. It's my favorite. Yeah. The soundtrack kicks ass. It's got the Pogues. It's got Public Image Limited. I think Sex Pistols. It's got you know Rolling Stones. It? It's everybody. Did did um did it like anybody like super cool produce it like? No, but David Bowie plays Andy Warhol in it, and you cannot tell it's David Bowie. No shit. You look at it, and you're like, that's Andy Warhol. And like you swear to God it's Andy Warhol, and you're like, is that Bowie? <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait a minute. And you're like, it's, it's legit. It's pretty cool. I actually have a customer that is a dead ringer for Warhol. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. We walked in the door. I'm like. Just trips you out. Yeah. It like, <laughs> makes you do a double take. <laughs> I I meant well I meant to ask his like uh his husband if like is there something here do you have a Warhol thing going on the Warhol thing <laughs> do you have a gold phone yeah <laughs> supposedly Warhol had a gold phone and he would hand it, he handed it to Jim Morrison and told him he could call God with it or something that's the story the story that went with it I, well i mean if it's warhol i believe it right because he was eccentric exactly yeah. like that he's like i got this phone you can call god with it and he handed it to jim morrison and jim morrison's like oh okay <laughs> morrison was probably in on a different planet when he oh, handed it to him anyway. oh probably yeah i could only imagine i'm already talking to god dude <laughs> dude just that whole scene if you think about the basquiat andy warhol scene um they were God, Basquiat was making music for one. He wasn't making art first. He made music first. And he was making music with Blondie and like real music. Like yeah. he, he dated Madonna. Like he dated Madonna before Madonna was Madonna. Like he was like that whole music scene, it was in the New York and it was just it was just a scene that was just never gonna be replicated. Yeah. I have a client who is an art dealer who was in that scene coming up and he ended up becoming a renowned art dealer like 
nice yeah the stuff the the stuff i've been able to view in person because of having this association is unbelievable yep like seven and eight figure paintings in person nice fucking amazing that's cool yeah yeah i have an interesting job <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes it's it's cool to see it's people um they're like hey come check this out and then they open a door and you're like holy shit yeah <laughs> i didn't know your, you had that your eyes come out of your head <laughs> i've said i've had that happen out mostly garages um couple of my friends are uh big car guys and they're like oh, really? hey uh come look at this and then they'll show you a car and you're like holy shit <laughs> like i've never seen that before in person <laughs> no kidding so yeah it's all in who you know sometimes and sometimes it's a, it's always funny too it's always like like i would never you look at the garage and you're like no way there's going to be that car in that garage like on the outside you're like this garage looks like just anybody's muddy old garage and yeah and it's like and then you get inside and you're like holy shit yeah <laughs> i i went to i did some work for a customer over in edwardsville mm-hmm. right edwardsville is a nice town but it's nothing special yeah and um in the and in, and it was just this regular little ranch style house like you know you see a hundred of them in every town and it had a two-car garage on the end of it. And when you open up the door, there are two lifts inside. Mm-hmm. On the top of one lift was a Aston Martin DB9. Nice. And then beneath that lift was sitting um, a Mercedes SL55 AMG carbon. So he's using the lift so he could fit four cars in there? <laughs> yeah. And not any one of those cars were less than six figures. Nice. <laughs> yeah. He had two of those. He had a, a an Aventador that like Lamborghini just kept at the dealership and mm-hmm. he'd pick it up when he wanted to use it and then he had two of those sl55 black carbon editions nice which are just you know an sl55 by itself is expensive and then to get a black edition which is like the amg hardcore like mm-hmm. track ready car it's just ridiculous he had two of them and his wife drove an sl55 amg dude there's <laughs> a wide body lamborghini in springfield no shit. wide bodied like the this it's thing, wider than normal it's wider than normal <laughs> it takes up both lanes and it's got i think it has double dual turbos out the back because they have these things hanging out the back i don't even know what it is like all i know is this car is made to just scream and and you see it every now and then it's like a ghost like every now and then i see it and i tried to take a picture of it i got a picture of the back of it and it's just gone <laughs> dude he just he just come he must be a dealership owner it might be somebody that Isringhausen and Springfield, yeah. um, they deal in Porsche, Mercedes, Lam- like if you wanted a Lamborghini, that's where you would go to get it. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's somebody from there, but it's got real plates. It doesn't have dealer plates on it. So it's somebody owns this car and it sounds mean. It's yeah. like, it's, I don't know how to explain what a Lamborghini like that sounds like. Cause it has, it doesn't, it doesn't, it has some kind of turbos on it or something. So it has a hum to it. And it has just the the V twelve sound. It it's sounds, insane. It sounds like bottled chaos, doesn't it? <laughs> That's crazy. And then I'm thinking, what does this guy do? That he this half a million dollar car, at least. So what what does this guy do like i that's what i want to know like sometimes i'm always surprised by it. i'm always surprised by how common wealth is now. Yeah, it, it's i mean and i'm and just where you'll find it is never predictable. Mm-hmm. you know you um uh it's never really predictable like 
I've had people in front of me who just look like average Joes. Well, actually, I just did some work for a guy earlier this week. You'll never see him in anything besides a t-shirt and jeans. But ever, it, ever. Well, he doesn't want to. He doesn't carry his wealth publicly. That's how. That's the thing. I've heard. Um, I was listening to a podcast in your mom's house, and they were they live in California right now, and they were talking about the richer you are, the poorer you dress in California. Like it's almost like a flex. Oh really? It's like a holy shirts and like just like to look homeless, but to be a CEO and to drive Lamborghini and stuff, but yet look like you're just on the streets is a flex in California. Yeah, for real. They don't they don't dress in suits. We we can't do that in Illinois because it's no. cold. Yeah. <laughs> we have to put a coat on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just to look like however I guess dress whatever you want, but like yeah, he, they were talking about it on their podcast, and I laughed. I'm like, I could see that. I could see being, I guess, so comfortable in your wealth that, like, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. Like, I can wear a bunny suit outside, and no, I don't give a fuck. That's happening to me with age. <laughs> I think so, too. Me, too. I'm, I'm, I'm giving less shits on the daily. Dude, I just got a dumpster. And I'm somebody, not a hoarder, but, like, I have lots of art supplies and stuff, and I'm always like the one guy that's like, I don't want to throw that away because as soon as I throw it away, I'm going to need it, and then I got to go buy it. But if I just keep it, then I just have it right there. But then it was like out of control. Like I have art supplies on top of art supplies on top of art supplies. It got crazy, and my shop was unusable. So I'm like, that's it. I want to make a pop mind where like, I want to have a, a spray booth in one corner. I want to have a podcasting thing where I could run a podcast and teach classes on how to paint, how to do whatever in one thing, or just run a podcast. And then I'm going to have a work area in the other part. So I was like, in order to do that, all all this stuff's got to go. So we got a dumpster and just started throwing it away. <laughs> do you ever retire brushes? Um, yeah, like I don't. Even, I just throw them away. Like I I go through brushes like so fast. You do me a favor. The next ten brushes you throw away, <laughs> yeah. save them. Yeah, I want to. Okay. I want to make a mobile with them. Oh, I got you. I got probably ten for I, you. I would. I would love to have like a burn three fifty three brush mobile. I got hanging. You. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I think that would be cool. Yeah, it'd be good. So I'll put it right next to uh, Angel Boy here. I could do that. Yeah. I just brought Angel Boy back on a button. Did you really? Yeah, I got a new button um, coming out that um, I'm getting button packs. So. How old do you think this painting is above me? God, um, let's see, older than my daughter. She's 16, probably 18 or 19 years old. Wow. So, yeah. um, because people are listening to us, they can't see what we see. Um, I bought one of Adam's Burn 353's paintings. Were you Burn 353 at that yeah. time? Were you? Okay. Um, years ago and this was the painting that i had my eyeball on and i told him dude if you ever decide to part with that please just let me know i'd like to try to buy it i don't know if i can afford it when you get rid of it but just you know yeah give me dibs and he did and i managed to get to buy it and um and it's like my most prized piece of art that i have in the house it's it's in the most prominent place in the yeah, house, I like and, it. and i love it and the character thank you so much the character is um the character is this character called Angel Boy, and how far back does Angel Boy go? I mean, he's if that's my first real old, character. Like he's the first one that I came up with, and like stuck him on a sticker and a button, and made you know made stuff with him. So I don't know. I I came up with him kind of in college, 
but I didn't really do anything with it. I just kind of like drew it on sketchbooks and stuff for a long time. And then I started painting it once I got the clean version of it. You think you think you can do like a 2021 Angel Boy? Oh, I already am. Yeah. That's why I'm, I brought him back on the button because I'm going to do updated versions of them and Dude, like, you don't even know shit's about to go down. I got a 3D printer now. Get out, dude. I got a laser cutter that just came in. I got all kinds of equipment that I'm going to start using to make more art. You know, it's like... So we're taking mixed medium to the next level. Yeah, well, I've already been using some of that stuff, but I had to buy it. Like, I would have to... If I wanted something engraved or... I would just hire somebody to do it for me or whatever with my image or my graphics or like if I wanted stickers printed, I'd hire them, but I'd like to have it more in-house where if I want a sticker printed, I can make it. Right. If I want a toy, I can press print and make it. And like, why do I got to go to the everybody else? They just got the same shit I can buy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, when I started doing the technology thing that I do now, when I, when I first set out to do it for myself, what I kept telling myself over and over again was... The only difference between me and the guy out there doing it is that he's doing it and I'm not. Mm -hmm. There's no other difference. All that I is. have to do is do that. And mm -hmm. so I took on a small project and then a bigger project and more and more responsibility and, and you know, and now, you know, I'm I'm sort of, I'm not in a league of my own, but I'm I'm doing well in that world and mm -hmm. it sounds like that's you know, you're in that same spot. Yeah, I think that's the key. That's why I always tell artists when they're like, what you know, advice would you give a young artist? Just keep doing it. I know it sounds... Just make art. And they hate it. They hate that advice because they don't want to hear it. But that's what you have to do. You have to really... They want they want you to give them some secret tips or tricks. or, But there's not. You just really legit just have to do it. Well, and I don't think it matters what we do. If you're going to be good at something, you got to put in the reps, right? You, I mean, nobody... I mean, some of us, some of us are born with natural talent. And that gives you a leg up. But you never become great at something without putting in the reps, even if you no. do, even if you are talented. Yeah, I mean, think of the people that. Well, geez, even the Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Jordan didn't even make the team at first. I know, right? You know, so it's like I can't even think of some. There are those talented people that get like on a skateboard and just have talent, and there's people that pick up a brush and just have talent. But if they don't exercise that talent, it doesn't go anywhere. Right. I mean, it's only it's only it's not exponential. It doesn't that talent only goes so far without the hard work. Yeah, your starting point isn't quite the same. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to that's start. all it is. The starting point's a yeah. little different. Yeah, exactly. And what I've found too is people that are really really talented in one thing usually suck at everything else. Like <laughs> I'm super talented at at like painting, and I'm super talented at maybe skateboarding. But I can't remember dates very well. Like, I have to have my wife remind me of dates and stuff. And, yeah. like, there's things that I, I'm not good at. I have to write things down. I have to set reminders in my phone and stuff like that. It's not that I have bad memory. It's just I have too many things to remember. And the older I get, the I also have to remember things for my kids and stuff. Yeah. So, it's like, now I have to make lists. I have to make reminders. I have to do all this stuff because I'm not that good at that stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you think Warhol had these same complaints? <laughs> I think he had a lot of people helping him. Oh, I do too, yeah. So if I had more people helping me, like I got my kids, I was telling you, I got my kids all like on a workforce. I'm like, you you want $20 for gas? Super, I got you. You're crewed up over there now. I got you. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous of the system. It's nice. I, it's nice. Like I cleaned my whole garage with three uh, teenage girls. 
and all I did was point and be like, oh, yeah, that, that, you know, take that, yeah, get rid of that, throw that away. And then I just stood there and just for an hour and a half and pretty much cleaned the whole garage. And then they each made like 20 bucks. They are happy. I was happy. Yeah, you had to be ecstatic. Like yeah. Going from a, a cluttered space to a clean space is and like... It cost me $60. Who could I have hired professionally to do that for $60? Nobody. Yeah, and you still would have had to come in and sort things out how yeah. you wanted it anyway. It, and I wouldn't have been able to stand there and tell them what to do and stuff. Like, it was nice. Yeah. It well, was nice. Yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah. Is- and now I got to the space the kids even go... Dad, we could see the floor. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you did a good job. Um, you have an art, uh, a, a background in graffiti art. When was the last time you did any graffiti art? Oh, I don't know. Like illegal or legal? I'm, well, either, I guess. <laughs> um, I haven't done any illegal in about 10 years. But legal graffiti, I think, maybe four or five years ago i did a the flood wall in st louis we did okay like some stuff on there but nothing i don't know i just use it more i use graffiti like aerosol cans in my art now so if you see like the the fade and stuff from the yellow to orange you know in my artwork that's always done with um spray cans yeah and i do a lot of backgrounds like purples and stuff and my paintings are done with spray cans and then i hand paint acrylics over the top of it some of those layered pieces and i i don't know the names but like the the one of the like the ghost in the graveyard looking yeah. one where there's like a background and the ghost sits in front of that and there's mm-hmm. sort of a border that you know yeah makes it almost like 3d like a shadow box yeah, like, yeah dude i really really like those like i've sat and looked at those online for like minutes upon minutes upon minutes like really trying to take in what's all going on like there's did you see the vader one i made where you press yeah, the button did. And, and the and saber, the lights, saber up. lights up so i'm going to incorporate some lights and i want to do a car really bad to where like not only does the headlight you press a button you can make the headlights light up you can make the brake lights light up you can make the turn signal go on like i want to make it to where you could sit there and mess with it and yeah. play with the painting and make it do stuff. <laughs> make the horn sound and like everything. They like I some, think it would be hilarious. They have some of those kits that work off of remote control too. I know. I've seen them on, on RC cars. So I'm just basically going to take something like that and incorporate that into the paint, into the woodcut painting. I, so all I got to do is make the holes and hide it. I have to say, I, I did want to hear the... Um, um, the uh march what is it the march of the i wanted to hear that noise when the lightsaber lit up oh i know but it's like <laughs> well now they got reels so now i don't understand reels on instagram so instagram used to not let us put any kind of copyrighted music all at first they let us do whatever the fuck we wanted with music yeah and we could do whatever we wanted put whatever music song and then all of a sudden it's like no you can't and then they not only could you not they if you had anything up they like made you take it down because of copyright law so i had to go back and take a bunch of posts down because they had music on them that at one time was cool but then they decided it wasn't cool so now i don't understand this new reels thing so reels you can make a video or whatever and you can add whatever song you want to it because the song is just in instagram 
But I don't really? understand the copyright on that. So now it's cool since they're saying it's cool again. I'm just I don't I'm afraid to do anything with it because I'm like, are you gonna make me take it down again in a year? <laughs> is is Instagram like your main jam right now? Oh, it's the only jam. Yeah, it's everything. Yeah. If, uh, I was telling my wife, Facebook's a joke. Like, Facebook's just for old people to bitch at each other. Yeah. And argue. Like, nobody's on there doing anything positive. Everyone's just bitching and arguing. And the ones that aren't bitching and arguing are trying to be positive, but nobody's nobody's shouting reading into the void. Because, yeah, because yeah, there's so much bitching and arguing. So, I, told, I just want to get rid of it. I don't need Facebook at all. So, Instagram's my main thing. But... I don't like that it's all my eggs are in one basket because I'm sure it's only a matter of time before it becomes like Facebook because it's owned by Facebook. Mm-hmm. So it's only a matter of time before it gets fucked up. The formatting in, in Instagram is definitely better. Um, it's harder to be negative on Instagram because yeah. only that only the first comment or two beneath a picture shows up. Mm-hmm. So you don't you can take and hit it and maybe read other comments below it because you can see there are more. But um, Most with, people don't, yeah. Yeah, with Facebook, man, it can get ugly just sometimes it's just an ugly caption you know mm-hmm. it, you know it's mr political you know throwing something out there or just yeah, exactly whatever and it's just like who cares like to me the facebook post is like you like you said for one you're screaming into a void who are you talking to nobody gives a fuck about what you're saying i don't yeah. care who you are nobody cares it's like the same people that put their political things agendas on their cars on bumper stickers yeah nobody gives a shit who you fucking support yeah. <laughs> i don't care if you support Biden, trump or anything i don't want to see it on your car i don't want to see it in front of your house yeah like on these these stupid signs like nobody cares like i don't understand why we have to know your politics of your house now <laughs> or your I, car <laughs> i feel like i brought a lot i feel like i brought a lot of value to facebook yesterday when i posted the <laughs> fact that i that i was a fan of lady gaga i, I mean I the whole world is a better place for having done that i know it is but you know what that post was probably <laughs> the only positive post that i saw like and uh, i liked it that burns no seriously like yeah. i i liked it because i was like at least that's positive yeah. and then at least you're just being silly and stuff like that and you know what I mean? Like, what's, what's silly about God? Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I just think it's silly that you think that nobody, like, we would. The well, way you, the way you phrased it was like everyone's going to judge you if you like Lady Gaga, and I'm like, I think the majority of people do like her because she's pretty popular and she sells all these albums. So yeah. somebody bought all those albums. <laughs> yeah, but I'm too, I'm too macho and cool to like. Just like her. Justin Bieber, I used to hate on Justin Bieber because I didn't like him being a little brat, like doing just when he was younger doing bratty stuff but then when you think about it the kid was just a kid and i was like all right I, so now i cut him some more slack and now i started giving him music more of a shot yeah and i like a lot of it it's catchy because not only that his real stuff like he's, he's got good some too. real good yeah. stuff with like diplo and some like he bieber's done some stuff with post malone like all these real you know people that to me legitimizes more than him just being a pop star because mm-hmm. like when some of them are just poppy pop stars and they never do any legitimate songs with any other artists and they just do their own little yeah you know poppies thing it's like you're just a cartoon character you're not a real person i have a terrible confession to make all right i had this i had that attitude towards sheckler oh ryan sheckler god he had his because of his the show? fucking life was so perfect because I of mean, that show yeah because of that show like 
I mean, he has. I instantly hated him because he had his own fucking skate park for one. Yes. Like, and his shit was dope when he was just tiny. Yes. Totally dope. Like, I didn't want to. But you dude, didn't want to like. He it. he looks like you're playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater now. Dude, He's fucking unbelievable. Go back and look at the first Vans. I think it's Mountain Dew Warp Tour Vans thing that he won. Go back and look at it. The kid does a. Th- he's the board is bigger than him. Yeah. He does the biggest, giantest, enormous three sixty flip off of this thing. He's almost a, over the top of a van. Like he's like way up in the air and lands. And like I'm thinking of how little he is, and I'm mean, his little ankles probably almost broke. Like I'm telling you, go look. It's insane. I remember him doing this giant three sixty flip, like. And just kicks it like, and just melts under his feet, hits his feet, and he lands it perfect. Stomps it. It stomps it, and then just one trick after another trick after another. And he's a little bitty guy, like Man. teeny tiny. Yeah. Like when Sheckler started, he was little. Like, what's his name? Um, with the dreads. Oh yeah. Oh. Um. <laughs> I can't even remember his. But anyway, uh, it'll come to me. Damn yeah. it, dude! Yeah, he's like the guy right now, and we can't even think of his name. <laughs> Definitely one of the guys. Uh, yeah, Nigel, Nigel Houston. Yeah, yeah, Nigel. When Nigel was little, I remember seeing him, and he his dreads were bigger than him. Yeah, and that kid, that kid, he's just as good as he is now. Then, and yeah. it was like his the amount of effort that you have to put. When I was little, I started skating when I was five, so I remember. The board being bigger than me, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, it was a lot bigger than me and a lot heavier. You know, it's like you were a little kid, so to kickflip as a little kid, you really had to like karate kick. Yeah. Like now you just flip your, your foot a little bit and it flips. But because you're bigger and you can do that, when you're a kid, you can't. You had to karate kick. Using your whole body. Whole body. And I remember having a Tony Hawk with this giant nose, the medallion board. Oh, yeah, dick nose. Yeah, the big <laughs> giant board. I, I had, had that one. board as yeah, a little kid. I had one of those too. And I had to do a one footer, which is when you ollie and kick it out and, you know, ollie north or whatever they call it. Was impossible on that board unless you did like Bruce Lee shit, like yeah, <laughs> like you just like really went at it, you know. And that's when I realized, oh, it does matter the shapes of the board to do the tricks. Yeah. Well, up until that point, everybody wanted a bigger nose board, a bigger nose board, a bigger nose board. That's like a nine inch nose or something. It was crazy. It was the nose was bigger than the tail on that board. Yeah, and it was like great not- for freaking ramps. Because yeah. you could grab anywhere on that damn board because it just you had so much nose it was to like grab. Ten inches wide too. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. but um, as a little kid, not so great, you know. No. But I, yeah, that was before all the pill shapes came, all the pill boards came. Yeah, which is where we're at nowadays. The fun shapes. It's kind of sad. It makes me sad because I buy the old boards though. I don't buy any pill boards no. like to hang on the wall, like. To me, I only buy reissue vintage 80s decks because it just has the flavor and the style to it. Well, I particularly like hanging the, you know, the, the popsicles, as they're called, or, yeah. or pill decks, um, once they've got a history to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Once, if they once, had a story to them. Like, I got one that my kids gave me. Yeah. But it's, it's probably one of my favorite decks. But it's only because... Uh, we went to, we were at the mall, and it was when they had the little skate shop in the mall, and um, they had this uh, Lizard King board. Oh, nice! And I walked in, and it was a, it was 
only they only had one of it and as jesus walking across the water and jaws underneath him the the jaws shark coming up yeah and i'm like i have to have that board like i want that board so bad and but it was right around christmas time and i was like you know i spent money on kids and stuff so i couldn't get it but I guess I just said it loud enough because the kids heard me and they ended up getting it for me for Christmas. Oh, so that's that the only like one of the only pill boards I got is that one. But it's Lizard King. I love the Lizard King. That was a super dope Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, it was cool. When you pass up what you want to get stuff for your kids, but then your kids get what you want for yeah. you. I mean, that's... It was like that Mickey Christmas where he sells his harmonica yeah to get her something and she sells whatever it was and then yeah. they didn't have the thing she the got gift of the magic yeah she got him a harmonica case and he's like well i don't have the harmonica anymore because i got it to get you this necklace or something yeah it was combs <laughs> oh yeah yeah i remember that <laughs> gift of the magi yeah <laughs> that's funny but yeah sometimes it works out karma's good most of the time right that's why like i bought that piece from that kid because i was like at one time somebody took a chance on me and bought some art for me and then it helped me keep going mm-hmm. you know what i mean sometimes it's all it takes is buying a little art from somebody to keep them going so since we've circled back to art tell me about the state of art right now where are you where is it where where do you see it going like tell me tell me I mean, I see art from the outside looking in as mm-hmm. a consumer and somebody who enjoys it as much as he can. Um, you're on the production side, and, and I've heard lots of. I've heard it different ways. I've heard some artists struggling right now, and they can't sell anything, and then other artists are doing better. Like right now, I think I'm doing pretty good because I'm a commission artist. So if you come to me and you have some wild idea. You know, like much like you take a tattoo to a tattoo artist, you're like, I got this wild idea for a painting. Can you make it into a woodcut painting? I'm like, yeah. So since I do this customized art, I think people gravitate towards that because they want to connect with it on another level. I think mm-hmm. because, like you said, like you anybody can buy a painting that somebody produced with their own mind, and you, oh, I like it because I happen to connect with it. Mm-hmm. But you know, you're going to connect with it when you buy it from me because you're customizing it to exactly what you want. You're hitting me up and going, hey, can you take this old 80s graphic and put my dog in it? You know, <laughs> like, And I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. Or can you do this and do a, your spin on it? Or, you know, it's like, and I think people gravitate towards it because they help create it. You know, I mean, it was their idea and I made it happen to where maybe they can't draw or something. Yeah, so how, how far how far out in the and are you booked right now with commissions? a year like i tell people five to six months but that's being generous I, I really a year i got 55 commissions and it takes about anywhere from two two weeks to a month per commission wow so i was telling my wife i'm like that's years of work <laughs> i got sitting in front of me already so i already told people i, I stopped taking commissions unless i want to do them right now so like right now I'm just picking and choosing if I want to do it or not. That's a great place to be. Like I like it. I, yeah. <laughs> and I really really enjoy watching people I know personally reach a certain level of success. Like yeah. it's super gratifying to see somebody go in and put in the work and put in the reps and really put their heart behind it and actually like you know find themselves where they want to be. Yeah, I I think I just realized not too long ago. Well, just the other day actually it was like four days ago i was talking to my wife and i was like um she was like well 
we were just talking about like where I wanted to be with art and stuff. And she's like, well, I think you've already made it. Like, <laughs> she's like, haven't you already made it? Because like you've done this, this, and that. And, and she's like, haven't you already kind of reached all those goals that you had? And I was like, yeah, I have. And then she's like, and we were talking, I go, but I decided that I want to be a legend, like a real legend. Like, like I want to be a legend. I want to be somebody that people remember. I was like, holy shit, that dude worked hard. He helped people. He's always, anytime I asked him for help or question, he was there or whatever it is that they remember me for. To be legendary, you just got to just go for it and I and not stop and yeah. do it until you die. I yeah. think that's the legends. I mean, to me, like, Lemmy was a legend. Lemmy did it till the day he died. Like, Lemmy played music. He was playing music till the day he died, you know? It's like, to me, it's like just so much respect. of like, Bowie. Bowie made two albums when he knew he had cancer and he's dying. He's just like, like, I, that's, a le- that's legendary shit. Like, that's just like, you know what? I, I have more to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, Henrik had that same sort of outlook. Like, he's in his mid-60s. And he goes in, and he's doing eight, ten, twelve-hour days in his studio. Yeah. And and the overriding theme of what he, he was, what he wanted to get across was like he just has so much. He just has so much left to say. He yeah. just has so much more to to put out there into the world, and he's he just doesn't feel like he's even close to reaching any sort of finish line. He can't make enough art. I don't think. I don't think there is. I don't think we will ever will reach that. I don't think there's, I don't think you'll ever reach that goal because it's a always moving goal. Like, you know, like I want to be this. And like at first it was, I wanted to sell painting was my goal. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, I want to sell 10 paintings. And then it was like, I want to sell painting for a thousand dollars or I want to, I want to do this. I want to do my own art show. And then you start doing these things and you start making more goals and new. And then it gets to the point where, like you said, it's like, I got so much more to say and I don't even know how much time I have left to say it. So it's just like I just throw all my energy into my art. Don't even slow down, do you? No. Good for you. Yeah, just go for it. (laughs) Yeah. To the point that, you know, it's not, but it's not, I say that, but like um, I work nonstop, but I also spend time with my family because I have them working with me. Oh, yeah. Like when I paint, I have a studio in my room. I have a studio in my and down in my un, in my living room. I have a studio, a whole shop outside. Everywhere you go in my house, I can paint. I can paint anywhere in my house. I literally work in my kitchen. I use, I do stuff in my kitchen. I I mean anywhere in my house is like a work. I'm always working. So it's like when I'm downstairs at night, every night at seven o'clock, I watch TV with my kids. I get them all. I just it's my way of touching base with them watching tv we watch a couple things on netflix or something you know little tv and we just talk and while i'm doing that i'm painting and my daughter's painting now with me other daughter draws and stuff while we're doing that we all just shoot the shit and talk and hang out but that's like a time i spend with them but i'm still working yeah like i'm working through that whole time that i'm spending with them but i'm not not paying attention to them i'm listening to them and you know i'm working less than i would normally yeah but I'm still not stopping they're because the pri- I feel they're the priority probably. Well, I just feel that they're the par- priority, but I also have this underlining drive in me that, like, if I'm not doing something to better myself as an artist or or you know move forward as to get this stuff off my plate, 
that I don't feel like I'm did anything all day. I'm really hard on myself. <laughs> That's big, man. Like I gotta work hard, or I don't feel good at all. Like I, if I if I work like I'm until I'm exhausted, I'll be so happy at the end of the day. If I like just pass out asleep that's like i know i work my ass off i don't have to question it like i just did it like i'm so i work until i pass out a lot because i like it so it makes me feel like i did a lot (laughs) yeah wow dude that's like i know it sounds crazy but it's not as crazy as it well like i'll work until like my body tells me hey it's time to go to bed yeah like my wife goes to bed at like let's say seven most of the time eight and then i'll paint from eight until most of the time midnight or something but there's times that it's three in the morning i'll just paint until three in the morning and then i'll sleep for a couple hours and i'll get back up and paint more or i'll go to designing like because i gotta do a lot of computer designing then i gotta cut wood to do the paintings i gotta prime them and sand so there's all these different stages of art of the art that i gotta do that's interesting too because like the medium that you work with most commonly with the woodcuts you're doing mm-hmm. now that's super labor intensive like yeah I, I don't know if you can get enough credit for the way that that art comes together yeah i try to put videos of it together but it's just it's hard i think that's why i want to do like more of a podcast setup to where i'm going to start teaching classes and showing people how to do it like you want to know how to do it i'll show you because I'm so sick of these people that act like art's a secret or that's just some kind of club that you got to know somebody to know somebody to find out how to do it. And there's no secrets to what I do. It's like literally just hard work and painting. It just got to put paint to the canvas or paint to the wood, you know? Yeah. Got to do it. <laughs> my, my friend Kyle, um, whom I had on the podcast before, and, and he and I are pretty good friends, he, he I asked him the question, and he came back and said he thinks that more people are making art now than ever. Oh, for sure. Because of Etsy and because of... Um, 3D printers and... Yeah. Everything. Just, and, and like, the creative, especially with COVID, people being stuck at home. Like, if you have creative juices, like, COVID is one of the best things that's probably come along for you if, if you're It didn't creative. bother me at all. Like, COVID didn't bother me at all because i already stayed in my house nonstop. i already <laughs> painted and never left yeah. i only left to get supplies like i'm not a recluse but i just like painting and i like being in my own house everything i need's in my house i don't want to leave you yeah. know it's like i hate the general public i just don't like <laughs> and i i got road rage out the ass because i can't stand to me it's like driving is the most simple thing in the world it really is like we start when we're 16 and a lot of these people have been driving for like 20 something years and the older they are the worse drivers they are i'm like you've been driving since cars were invented you should know how to drive yeah, them can by you now just try to get this right buddy just come on <laughs> like it has a blinker you know that right yeah <laughs> like, you know it's just, like, just use it <laughs> it's a crazy concept i know dude right? i get it's springfield i live in springfield illinois too so it's like my wife and I talk. It's like it's you. We get the worst drivers from Chicago that couldn't hack it in Chicago and couldn't hack it in St. Louis. They all moved to Springfield. That's they're in between, aren't they? So that we got all the drivers that just couldn't handle it anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> That's the theory. Springfield's a weird town, man. Oh, it's it is like it's interesting. Yeah, it's a weird town. We play a lot of games like um, uh, firecrackers or gunshots. <laughs> 
we play that a lot at night me and the kids we hear pop 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 <laughs> is it fireworks or gunshots <laughs> i was i was i was dating this this girl and uh she was in the medical business and she would stay she'd stay in an airbnb in, in springfield every now and then and mm-hmm. she lived well the airbnb like i'd stay overnight with her sometimes and you know there was a couple of times like you would hear those noises and it's like and i wasn't we weren't in a bad part of town we we're actually pretty close to washington park that's um, where we live by here yeah. is it yeah. yeah um uh and yeah you would hear those noises every now and then be like should i be weary <laughs> see that this funny thing is washington parker and springfield has all these really really nice houses like the big mansions and stuff are yeah. like kind of tucked in there there's some really there's a frank lloyd wright like house or something in there tucked away there's or a student of his or something there's like a fancy houses all tucked away around there and we live around that area and there's nicer houses mixed with just normal houses yeah but then on the outskirts of that there's a straight ghetto-ness and it's just it's all mixed together and um like the casey's that's normally two blocks from me my my mom's a big person in Casey's, and she said it, it got it's been robbed so many times at gunpoint, and it got robbed the other day or yesterday at gunpoint at eight o'clock in the morning. Who who's robbing Whoa, at eight o'clock in the morning? Isn't that like a nighttime thing? Now that people are doing it in the morning. Time. It's just getting it done before I have to go to work. That's all. Just so. fitting it in. Eight o'clock in the morning is a little early to be robbing people. <laughs> I'd be yeah. like, dude, just take the money, and I'm not even awake yet. <laughs> Could you imagine being the guy who's, yes, I finally got the morning shift. I don't Seriously. have to worry about getting held up anymore. No doubt. <laughs> and then just... in comes this dude. And to me, it's like, and my mom told me how much he got out of the register, and it's like, not ever worth it. They drop all their big bills in the safe. Yeah. So you're not going to get into the safe. The register's got 50 The register's got 50, 60 bucks, maybe 80 tops. Yeah. So you're good doing all this for 80 bucks. Federal it's, offense. It just seems to me like I could teach you a skill and you can make $80 really fast yeah, doing like what I hours, do. Yeah, two hours, three hours. Yeah. yeah. It's like... Two or three hours. I could teach you a, a skill. Bit effort. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's and that's why I try to teach my kids. Like I don't. I told my kids I, I don't care if they do art or not, but I'm going to teach them how to paint, how to do what I do. If they want to do it, they can. If they don't, at least they have a backup to make some money on the side. Because mm-hmm. it, it's always good to have a side hustle, no matter what you do. Because that one time the art was my side hustle when I was going to college and I was a student full time, and all that. You know, art was almost on the side, and then finally it's like you know I got my graphics job and then my art was still kind of on the side i got to do art at work but it's what they wanted me to do mm-hmm. but then once i got free from all that then it was just like all me yeah i remember i remember that time talking to you when you're still doing graphic design for oh, somebody I hated it <laughs> yeah it was like it was like this monkey that was on your back all the time and when you would talk about your art it would be a different atom then yeah. you talk, you know, it, design. I hated it. Yeah, yeah, and then just having to deal with inner office politics and stuff like that. I think drove oh. you out of your mind. Yeah, well, in my old job, I w- I went from. Well, for one, I taught myself graphic design, so I lied to get the job in the first place. <laughs> They're like, "You know how to do graphic design?" I'm like, "Yes." I did not know how to do graphic design at all. 
and I just knew that I could do whatever they needed me to do. And I was pretty confident that I would figure it out. Yeah. So he hired me just based on my portfolio of what I showed him, which was drawing and painting. It wasn't digital anything. Yeah. So he just assumed I could do all this stuff because I told him I could. And he <laughs> hired me. And then I was like, okay, now I got to do this job. And I just figured it out. Yeah. Like I just learned how to do Adobe and learned how to once you learn the tools it's pretty much like drawing and right on a so if you know how to draw on a piece of paper with a pen you can figure it out on a computer just you gotta learn the tools you know Mm -hmm. but when i got that job at first it was great and i worked there and it was privately owned and it was good times great vibes family family vibes in that business i don't like where this is going and then they sold the company and they sold it to these douchebags and they came in and they just fired just everybody. I'm talking, they fired like all the accountants, all of this and that. And I mean, they just start from scratch. But when you go to do that, I don't care who you are. And if you, even if you're replacing all these supposed bad workers with good workers, none of those people now know what they're doing. So they just took a company that was working perfectly fine mm-hmm. and made it not function at all <laughs> and then wanted to yell at us for it not working you know they wanted it's our problem we're 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 obviously the the problem that they're not making the numbers not the fact that they fired half of the workforce yeah, I, I've, <laughs> I've never understood that 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 way of doing business to where like you come in you you buy a successful business because they're successful mm-hmm. but then you want to change everything about it like and be complete pricks about it too. Yeah. That's the thing. The arrogance of these owners. I don't care if you got money or not. You don't treat people a certain way. Mm-hmm. They walk in and act like their shit don't stink, and that we're all just a bunch of fucking losers, and that, that we just little monkeys that work for them, dude. I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't about it at all. And they came in, and once they started doing that, then they had put me. They gave me a raise were forced to raise upon me to where now I have 20 employees underneath me. Oh so I went from being a graphic designer, doing all the graphics for this company that probably should have had five graphic designers, and I was printing the decals that went on all these products. So then they finally gave me somebody, one person at first, and then I was starting to train him, and then all of a sudden they're like, now you got 20 people. And not only are you, they're not graphic designers though, they're all floor people. And that, you're a supervisor over people that make football, mini football helmets and things that go on your desk and shit. So I, all of a sudden, I was a fucking supervisor. I wasn't making any, doing any graphics hardly anymore. I was going to all these meetings. And that's what you're talking about. When you were talking to me oh my God. at that time, it was because I hated my job. I wasn't doing any art. I was so stressed from work that I'd come home and just go to sleep. So I wasn't even doing any side art. I was the most miserable I've ever been was at that time. Congratulations for letting that (laughs) monkey go. Dude, it was great. Yeah, no It was the best thing. And it's like, when you do it, you realize I could have done it way earlier. I Mm -hmm. didn't have to, I didn't have to, I didn't have to struggle as all those years. Like I could have done that way earlier. It's just a lot of the time, the only person stopping you is you because you're like too afraid. You're too afraid to make that choice or that decision. But what I, all the crazy decisions that lead to something good are always scary. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it doesn't come easy. Doesn't come without a price. It's either going to work or it's not. 
like marriage it's either going to work or it's not going to college sometimes you say i'm going to college and i'm going to be this and that and you get there in the first class you flunk and you can't hack it some people can't hack college Mm -hmm. and sometimes you know beauty school is your thing yeah you know it's like and you know it all depends you brought up gary v earlier has one of your paintings gary didn't go to college yeah exactly he just got money given to him from his parents (laughs) he ran his he ran his dad's um online wine sales yeah i know but i always think it's funny that he like talks about like you you do this and do that like you got given million a company and millions of dollars to work with yeah i could make i could make money too if you gave me that starting point yeah mr gary v <laughs> i give me the half as much money I as can, you started with and i'll make twice as much as you got now uh, I, I, I can crush it too <laughs> i could crush it too when my mommy and daddy give me much money hey he only started off with a small loan of a million dollars right he's a loser <laughs> i don't like gary v do, do, do you follow the stock market at all uh well i started because of well i was oh, you, you're gonna laugh what got me into the stock market was Grand Theft Auto Five. Perfect. Because I was playing it, and there's a stock market thing in there that you have yeah. to play. And in order to make any real money in that game, you got to kind of learn this little stock market situation they have on the game. Yeah, Ian showed me this. So I got into it, and then I started talking to my wife. I'm like, you know, we really should, you know, look. We I have stocks from the, when I was working in the company. Mm-hmm. And I have stocks and this and that. I'm like, we should just do something with them. We should take them and actually, instead of just like every so often, I get a letter in the mail saying you got this or that. Yeah. I was like, let's go move them around. Let's do some stuff with them. Like, if we lose it, it's just money we never used anyway. You're right. But um, so now I'm like uh, the GameStop thing and the Reddit yeah, thing. Yeah. So you watch that? I, I laugh. I was, I was beyond watching it. See, I'm in a. I, I go to Reddit stuff for other, like I read stories, I'm into podcasts and stuff. So I was getting things to tell me, people were telling me to buy GameStop stock. Oh, so I you, wish I would have listened. You were, you, were, you were in the room. Dude, when people were telling me to do it. And I just thought they're all crazy because you know how Instagram and Facebook is. Yeah. People just say this and that. And you're like, you're all crazy. And then you find out it's a big scam or something. So that's what I thought it was. I wish I would have listened now. Or this ten-year-old made like three grand. Well, I mean, so like the stock can't stay there. GameStop isn't the valuation isn't. No, it doesn't stay there. But what this is the stories I'm seeing. But this ten-year-old boy they're definitely taking money out of those other guys. Oh, and that's great. But you got to understand, there was these people that bought GameStop stock just out of innocence before all this. Yeah. So I read this whole story about this ten-year-old boy. His mom was trying to teach him how the stock market works. He likes games. So they just bought some stock in GameStop. Like 10 shares or something. Because it was literally cheap. It was like giving it away. Yeah. So they bought it just to teach him how the stock market works. (laughs) 10 days later or something, this all happens. This kid made $3,200. He's 10 years old. So now this mom is going to take a thousand of it and they're going to work, buy more stocks with it. Yeah. And then they're. To, taking two thousand two hundred and putting it in savings for him, you know, it's like, yeah, smart. Now I, they're gonna do this again, and they're gonna try to stop him from doing this. Well, the thing is, is like they were provoked. You know, those those hedge funds were were fucking with that stock, and they shouldn't have been. Like they were, you know, shorting a stock like that just to make profit is. A, a yeah, they called it what they did to him was it called the short squeeze or whatever I read. Yeah, and. 
But my thing is, they can do that again once they catch them doing the. As soon as they catch these hedge fund guys doing the same thing again, what's to stop these Reddit people from for jumping again? That tool will be pulled out of the hedge fund guys' pocket, you know, out of their tool bag. I guess. I think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to have to figure out a way to do it differently. Yeah. And I think that's that's what they want. I think that's what these people really want. They just want them to flip play fair. Yeah, play fair. You know, like just because you guys got all the money doesn't mean you got to fuck us over even more. Like, we should be able to buy stocks too. We should be able to make a little money too. Yeah, and if you think about like the, you know, the retail investor, like people like you and me who might have five or ten or yeah. or a thousand dollars, and we hardly even affect the market whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but we're buying stocks because we think something positive of that company in one way or another. Yeah. Like we're we're trying to add value to the market in places where we think there's value in the market. Mm-hmm. And then some hedge fund douchebag comes through and shorts our stock for no other reason that he just wants to make money off of it. And then yeah. you know does that short squeeze and then you know we we lose money just so they can make money. I really appreciate these Reddit guys. Oh, I love like the Reddit put, people. Put, I think it's put funny. them in their place. I mean, I I'm not a Reddit person. Yeah. But I'm almost there. You know, yeah. be, between between like that and all the shit they did with um oh, who's the who's the kid no it wasn't reddit it was 4chan the the oh yeah the i like anytime a, a platform like for the good bands together and it's like uh, no we're not gonna fucking deal with this like this is not how this is gonna go down and yeah. they change it <laughs> yeah what, what's the what's the actor's name who's on oh, transformers the, oh the one that ate the, the cannibal guy are you talking about him? No, I'm talking about um, he was he was the kid in the newer Transformers movie. Oh, um, uh, and he's oh god, what else was he in? I thought you were talking about the leak about that the actor that said all these DMs were leaked about him wanting to be a cannibal and eat this girl and eat her bones and what? like yeah, I don't know anything the, about that? Yeah, and they they leaked it. I don't know four chan or somebody. One of these platforms leaked it. And yeah, right now this guy's like being accused of like having fantasies of cannibalism, and like it got really graphic though. Like the shit that he said is pretty bad. But that's what I thought you were talking about. Um, but um, oh, I gotta look up the guy's um, man. His name's on the tip of my tongue. I'm gonna see his name and be like, so it's upset with myself. Transform. Yeah, it's Adam. Shia LaBeouf. Oh, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah, he, is it him and his girlfriend or he, what? He put up this camera okay. in, in protest of, I think it was a Trump protest thing. But okay. he puts up this camera and uh, he's using his, like, his soapbox. Yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, just going off all the time. But then this was a, a live stream camera. And people would come and take it down. Like, uh-huh. like, you're an actor like, yeah. don't force yourself on us you know it's sort of like a counterculture sort of thing yeah. like, and and he would move his camera and then the next day they would you know he wouldn't be at it all the time and it would be a find it and, and they would find it and take it down finally he took it out like some remote place in the woods and all that sort of shit and the the 4chan people i think it was 4chan or reddit i don't know which um <laughs> they studied everything about the camera like there would be a, a plane flying in the background they would look at flight logs to see what planes were where and when based on the position <laughs> to, to of the stars, the, based on the position of the stars in the sky. Yeah. Like they did all this 
this research and you they, can't mess with the internet and they found the fucking camera it was great yeah. it was great well i mean they found that monolith that that artist or some artist put a monolith in yeah. the middle of the desert in or something in utah and then like government took it down like are you serious leave the fucking thing there it was as cool Somebody as shit took it. Who, the, the, gov- government the government came really and, took it down yeah they took it down stupid but anyway it's like um i thought it was really neat i thought it was cool too and it like gave people a reason to go out there and to the you know out the middle of nowhere for for some weird reason got them out of their house i, I, I love <laughs> the, the government doesn't want us out of our houses <laughs> i love the no they don't do that <laughs> they do not i love the idea of art just being somewhere completely remote and oh random. i used to do street art like that we used to just make stuff and just stick it up but then i got sick of doing all the work and giving it away for free yeah you i mean know? you only have so many hours in a day yeah exactly you got to a point where it's like do i want to make a living at this or do i want to just give it away all the time yeah. <laughs> and it, well and there comes a time in your life where that fits like yeah that's the thing that you yeah when you're a kid to do, or yeah. you're younger and yeah being a little punk and just put stickers on stuff and tagging yeah and tagging <laughs> and graffiti and stuff there was there was a, a little bit of a shit storm here in staunton back a few years ago there was some there was a tag that showed up on a bunch of street signs and on yeah you know, here and there and boy so many people got their panties in a wad about it and uh somebody ended up getting in trouble for it and come to find out it wasn't even that person who did it <laughs> exactly it was just a silly tag like, my my buddy got busted when we were in high school and now i graduated in 97 so this is before like in in our in our small towns there was no graffiti or anything but this was probably 95 he decided he was going to be a graffiti artist because he stayed with his dad or something in new york city for like a summer and then he came back and he must have like met some graffiti kids or something because he got this bug decided he was going to be a graffiti artist they left an impression did they he came back and dude he straight up started tagging stuff and he was tagging this and he's tagging trains and then he tagging trains is one thing tagging old buildings another thing yeah when you start tagging people's garages and houses that's when you're just like you're asking for it so he tagged some dude's garage door and um yeah he got busted they they finally i don't know if there was a camera up or somehow they found out who it was finally he got so busted for that he he got in a lot of trouble like he almost went to juvenile hall and stuff for a while like they almost they because it's such a small town they almost just threw the book at him right yeah <laughs> to well, prove that, a point that's why this was with with those tags on the back of like street signs and shit yeah like that was like so many people are like so upset by it and like it's just a little bit and it wasn't a, even bad it's a little mar- like, little paint marker on I, the back of a sign <laughs> i don't know that it was i don't know that it was yeah. any private property ever vandalized but i mean maybe maybe yeah. there was but who cares there's even people <laughs> did you you probably didn't come downtown at all there's we have something called the macoupin county art collective yeah the, the mac and um they bought a building where the whole west facing wall of the building that faces sullivan's pharmacy is open you can see the whole side of the wall mm-hmm. and they got an artist to come through and mural the whole thing the whole cool. side of the building is a big bright mural and it's an african-american artist out of i think he's fairly well renowned i don't i don't know if he's just out of st louis um 
but um, there are some people even you know have their panties in a lot about that because it's bright it's it's very urban looking mm-hmm. and you know these the little well, people don't man. like art the people in these small towns don't even know what art is they don't like art they don't want it around like they really don't like because i in litchfield they wanted me to do a mural and i was up against the same thing i started designing route six route 66 murals yeah like you know how it's a route 66 logo and route 60 like it was all hot rods and route 66 and like i made all these cool murals and designed them and sent them for approval and they just kept getting no 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 i'm like it's not hard guys this is just route 66 mural you guys are making this way too hard yeah and then they just end up not doing it yeah you don't have to like everything about it some you know it doesn't have to be this is a perfect thing yeah. for you it's art people are just gonna you know some people that's like what it, stopped me from doing murals was that was like i'm not doing this process every time i'm no. just not doing it and they don't want you to do a mural unless you're from somewhere else anyway so like if you're local they don't want me so i'm from litchfield they don't want a litchfield person paint they want somebody from france or pair you know they want a fancy pantsy artist from some other country even though that <laughs> artist sucks and they they'll yeah. bring them over here and and pay them tens of thousands of dollars to paint some stupid mural that Has nobody that likes. Happened? Yeah, that that nobody likes. Well, go to Chicago, dude. Chicago's got they got some local artists that got to go up on those buildings. But if you go down downtown Chicago, they got this whole line where they're doing all these art buildings and they're like letting people they're they're painting these big murals on the sides of buildings. Half of those people aren't from Chicago. Hmm. You got all these great artists in Chicago and around Chicago. Yeah. But you don't want to use them. You want to import all these artists from outside. It's like, it's stupid. And it, but it goes both ways. Like right now, I sell stuff to Australia. I sell stuff to Japan. I sell stuff to Germany. I'd say, I'd say about 40% of what I'm shipping out is going out of the country. So it's like, to me, I can do that too. I'm I'm the American artist. They love American artists in the UK. Do they? They love us because they can't get our art. It's hard. It's it's harder to get because it's harder to get it over there. It's harder to ship it. It takes money to ship it. Most people don't want to deal with that. But if that person's willing to deal with that part of it, they can almost double the price once it gets over there and sell it. Let me go over there and do a gallery for you, dude. I got people <laughs> that already offered me to, but then I got to ship it to them. So who's really going to make money? Nobody. Right. So I just, I sell it all myself. I make a hundred percent profit. Yeah. So I don't like galleries. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. I am the gallery. (laughs) Well, I mean, you've cut out, I mean, the internet and Instagram has allowed the middleman to sort of be cut out. Yeah, it's nice. There are some people who still need to be represented. um, There's some galleries still doing it good because they're treating the artists right. Mm -hmm. Like um, the elephant room in Chicago. The only gallery in Chicago I'll deal with is the Elephant Room, is because they're the only one that would give me a shot. Yeah, I wrote them. I wrote every gallery in Chicago, and I'm not exaggerating. I had a list that I found on the internet of all the galleries in Chicago, and I had a, a whole portfolio professionally put together and everything. And I emailed every gallery my portfolio. One gallery got back to me. And that was the elephant room. And I did a show with them, and we sold a bunch of art. 
So yeah. it's just like, and they're the only ones I still do art with, and I won't do shows at the other galleries now. Because I'm like, fuck all of them. They wouldn't even get back to me on an email. Fuck right. all you guys. I, I hope I do make it big so I can be like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but the elephant room was cool. Like like the, <laughs> like, like the guy that said Basquiat's never going to do anything, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like all those people think that that when they see the art, they judge it on what they deem as technic, like technical. Because mm-hmm. that's a, a lot of artists judge other artists by the technical ability of the art, I believe. Because when I'm looking at it, I'm like, can I make that? How hard would it be for me to make that art? And that's how I, I respect it. Because I'm like, man, that's dope. It looks like a lot of work to me. Looks very complicated. Looks done well. I look at a lot of stuff. Now, when a normal person looks at it, it's like, what is the subject matter? What does it mean? I don't look at that first. You I look at, look at how fucking good is it? How, how technical it? is it? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's where the respect comes with me. I looked at a painting back a couple weeks ago, and the artist, the most of the panel, most of the canvas was an opaque color, mm-hmm. and it had sort of a sanded look. So, like, they, they went on to the canvas with paint, and they came back, and they sort of sanded the surface. Mm. But then she made the shapes that was, like, the subject of the art by removing the threads of the canvas. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And so almost... De-threading it. De-threading it. And, yeah. and that was how she made the image. And it was like, I I dig that. I actually see a lot of value in the process. Yeah. And the creativity. Like your wife's paintings that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys were explaining how those went together. How it started off, the, the leaves were watercolor. Mm-hmm. And then you stenciled off the, the leaf. Yeah. And then you painted it in opaque color, then came back and drew in the, the, the leaf detail. Like, that whole process and the mixed medium, like, mm-hmm. that's what made me appreciate that. Yeah. Not just that it was a leaf. I mean, yeah, that's kind of basic. It's the, the whole process of how it went together and the effort and the um, creativity to do that thing in that way. Yeah, it's like me and her work pretty good together. We make a lot of collabs and stuff that we don't do anything with them we just hang them up in the house but she does um she's starting to get back into it more it's hard to talk about her because she's in the other room but uh (laughs) (laughs) she's getting back into it and she's actually deciding to um she's going to open up her instagram page and start doing behind the scenes like pictures of me she has all these pictures from 10 years back of all the shows so like all the old art shows I'm talking about, all these old shows that I put on and stuff. She's got pictures way back. So she's going to start just posting those and be like, this is Burn 353 at this show, and this is him at this show. And if anybody's interested, I'm going to send them that way. You know, Because I don't really share a lot of personal stuff on my Instagram. I just It's all business. It's art. Yeah. Just because I try to share personal stuff and be be real with people on facebook and i just found it didn't never worked out it was always you always got people like bitching at you for this or that or because they believe this or they believe that so i just find it's easier just to fucking show them the art tell them how i made it if you want art you can buy it from me and leave it at that if you want to know more about me come meet me 
you yeah. know it's like or listen to a podcast well i i personally take a lot of value in the fact that we're all so fucking different like mm-hmm. i i'm so glad that you and i don't think exactly the same yeah like we gel a certain way because of our background and mm-hmm. where we came from the things that we like um but even somebody who's like almost polar opposite of me i appreciate that person because like why we don't want to all be clones of one another walking around what's the fun in that how annoyed would you be if you walked into a room with 10 of you like i would be annoyed if i walked into a room with 10 atoms unless they were painting for me like i would be really <laughs> pissed off i'd be like i'm really upset right now could you imagine, <laughs> i don't could want you to imagine <laughs> seeing all your flaws and all those no. 10 people well, and think mother effer. i see all my flaws in in my kids sometimes like you see your flaws in your kids because when you get mad at you them, you see your own flaws yeah, in your kids. Exactly. Yeah. Because when you get mad at your kids, it's usually because they're doing something that annoys you that you do that annoys you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I I I don't clean up after myself very often when it comes to like I'll have a project out and I'll just leave a mess. My daughters do it too, but it drives me crazy when they do it. But I literally do the same thing. I'm a hypocrite, right? <laughs> but what I realize is I'm not mad at that they're doing it. I'm mad that I still do it, and I'm an adult. Yeah, that's what I'm really mad about. So once I've figured that out, I get less mad at them, and I start cleaning up after myself more because then that gives me the leeway to yell at them to clean up after themselves. Because <laughs> then I'm not a hypocrite, right? You're right. And I don't yeah. want to be a hypocrite. So in order to not be a hypocrite, I have to change. Yeah. Well, so, that's that's some real shit right there, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, parenting 101. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I hated when my parents would be. Uh, my parents were smokers. And I was a runner, and um, I couldn't. I got to a point where my lungs were so raw from running, and I had asthma yeah. and stuff. So that was when I came home, and just being in the house with them smoking, I couldn't breathe. Like couldn't literally, do couldn't do it. Yeah. And I like went to them crying one day. I was like, guys, like I understand you like smoking and stuff, but like I can't breathe in my house. Yeah. And like then they both quit smoking. No kidding. Yeah. They both quit smoking. It's like those are some good fucking parents right there, dude. Yeah, but I also feel like I probably added ten years to both of their lives because they were smoking like chimneys. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like for real. I I remember that I was I was real little. Uh, I was oh I wasn't real little. I was like junior high or something. But I was yeah. just like I just remember being so upset that I was just crying. I wasn't crying because I was sad. I was crying because I was so angry. I was like I can't take a breath in my house. Mm-hmm. Like I cannot breathe in my own house <laughs> yeah. Dude, luckily they just quit though because they could have been dickhead parents and been like you know this is our house we'll do yeah. what we want but anyway why i told you that was the whole time when they did smoke they always told me not to smoke they'd have a <laughs> cigarette in their hand and go don't smoke don't do this don't and like i always thought now wouldn't it be better if you just stopped and then told me not to smoke yeah because you've experienced it and this is what it did to you and you didn't like it and you quit and wouldn't that be a better role? And then once they did that, I never smoked cigarettes. Yeah, ever? Ever. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew, for one, I couldn't breathe around it. And two, it was just like, like I made a big deal about that. If I start smoking a cigarette, they're going to freak out on me. Like, I could never smoke a cigarette. Like, at that moment, I, I think I yeah. realized you could never smoke cigarettes. Like, this is a line that can't be crossed. Otherwise, <laughs> if I made them both quit smoking, then I start smoking cigarettes, <laughs> like, when I'm in my 20s. How pissed would they be? <laughs> but, I'm an, but I'm an artist, Mom, and this, this is part I'm of my process. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, every time I think of that, um, it was a Jason Jesse. 
there's a Jason Jesse video, uh, Santa Cruz, one of his first videos, and um, they do a close-up shot of him, and he goes, "I'm an artist," <laughs> and he's got a flower in his hair, and he's like, well, like being stupid. But that dude's crazy. How great is he? Is the skate scene for art? Like, so, I, he's great. So many of those guys are just artists in what they do. Yeah, Gons. Like, they just think so much, guys. Yeah. so much differently than Nottis. See yeah. the see the world differently, like Ed Templeton. Oh, dude, I can just name Ron Chapman. Templeton has turned into a huge deal in the art world. Yeah, didn't didn't Ron Chapman do that? I think he did that graphic. You remember that Ron Chapman graphic with the afro and the crazy like it was super detailed board back in the in the day. But he designed that, I'm pretty sure. And then um God, there's so many good Andy Howell. Andy Howell's yeah. New Deal. Like Andy Howell's art is New Deal. Right. Like when you think of New Deal, you think of his monkey with the stocking hat and the bomb and like you think of all Andy Howell's art. Like he straight up owned that shit. I used to draw his shit all the time. Well, Templeton stuff. I mean, that's his paintings are in the tens of thousands now. Like, oh yeah, they're selling for so much money. Like he's world renowned, and it all started on a fucking skateboard, uh, probably. What's funny is like that. I'm like not necessarily peers with some of these guys, but like I talk to Andy Hell and I talk to some of these guys on Instagram and stuff. Yeah, and it's crazy because they're like, you never thought you'd get to a point where it used to be harder to to be in contact with people sure before the internet you yeah. know we remember that but a lot of people nowadays younger people don't remember that before the internet yeah. you know so you used to not be able to become like you couldn't meet steve caballero unless you went to a skate park and steve caballero showed up there right that's the only way that you're going to meet steve caballero well now i can just anybody can reach out to him and go yo what's up and he'll either decide to to get back to you or not. That's on him. Yeah. But like, dude, he he got back to me, and dude, everybody I've ever reached out to that's been legit has either gotten back to me. Might not give me the answer I wanted, but they get back to you. You know. I I fanboyed a little bit because I posted a picture of this room on mm-hmm. on Insta, and uh, both Mike McGill and yeah. and um, Lance Mountain both liked the the image. Nice. I was like, oh shit! I tag people sometimes just to see if I can get them to like it. Yeah, I do that a lot. I um, don't know as if maybe I think I did tag those two guys because I, I stopped tagging Steve there. because every now and then I'll stop I'll, po- I'll repost that. Yeah, and I feel like people just bug Steve with it. Yeah, so I don't I don't tag him anymore in it. But the first couple tags, he always replies and he comments and. How I've, how real is that guy? Oh, he's cool. I mean, like, I'm sort of watching from the outside looking in because that's what you do with social media, mm-hmm. and like he's he's a follower of religion. Oh yeah, he, and he's, he's not afraid to say straight up like, like like I'm a Christian and this and that and blah 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 blah. Yeah, like, and, and th- if you don't like it, it's cool with him too. <laughs> I don't I don't know this, but I th- I thought that maybe he's gone through like personal problems like. Well, it, it looks like a woman has left his life, and there's a new woman in there. And I don't know. And like he's still like his kids are like he's always posting about the kids and stuff like that. But like it looks to me from the outside looking in like he's gone through some of the same fucking problems that I've gone through. Yeah, and maybe. Like, and it's I, like wow, man. I I watched the or where did I see? I think it was the Nine Club, his interview or whatever. I I there's an interview with Steve, and he was talking. And I think just 
through the Bones Brigade days and stuff, mm-hmm. he's just a quieter dude, and I think he probably had did go through some shit. Those are some wild times for those kids. They were kids. Yeah. And they were getting thrown hundreds of thousands of dollars, traveling the world with a zero to little... There was no Guidance. supervision yeah. for those skaters. We watched those videos. Stacy Peralta was as good as it got. Dude, you remember freaking... <laughs> do you watch the thing with Daywon Song talking about um, World Industries? Well, I watched the Daywon documentary. Did you watch the day- documentary about the Rocco, Steve Rocco? Watch that documentary. Steve Rocco is, was a skater way back in the day. He was a freestyle mm-hmm. skater, and then he owned World Industries. Yeah. He was a marketing genius. He, 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 and, he and Rodney Mullen, right? Yeah. He was a yeah, but he was he used Rodney's like name, I think, but Steve Rocco was Rodney Mullen before Rodney Mullen was like Steve Rocco was the the guy on a freestyle board before Rodney Mullen came along. Okay. But then Rodney stole the crown from him and then won every single freestyle contest ever. Until he stopped. Until he stopped. Yeah. yeah. So but Steve Rocco used to be that guy. But marketing genius the problem with steve rocco he's a little crazy and he basically made like you know the fantasy factory is like a building yeah you know rob dyrdek he's got all this you know indoor skate park and stuff he basically had that for them private for day one song and all them and they all live there the oh, world wow. industry kids live there zero where, supervision though is, is that where <laughs> cheese and crackers came from yeah oh okay. i'm pretty sure but that them guys live there and like the stories of day one and all them so there was just them with lots of money lots of girls lots of alcohol lots of drugs all underage getting crazy could you imagine insanity yeah holy cow <laughs> like they got videos of them just some of the stuff they were doing it was jack like jackass style videos of them like going downstairs with on blank decks and stuff and and just falling and jumping off of the third story of a building into swim pools and all this stuff that jackass guys did but these guys were doing it before the jackass guys <laughs> well i mean that's that's part of skate culture right yeah. the, the the don't give a you know the well they just didn't video they didn't put the videos out i guess the jackass guys or cky they did those videos first dude, those I, were dope videos though dude I've, i still I've watch them love jackass i just love you ever watch cky videos uh-uh. That's where it all came from. Oh, is that right? You watch the old CKY skate videos is Bam Margera and his buddies. They're in between their skate parts in their videos. They did those. I've heard Bam talk about that. Yeah. Of him slapping his dad. It's a, He walks in his mom and dad's room and they're sleeping. He wakes his dad up and screaming at him when they got a guitar and like an amp like and then his dad wakes up and he smacks him across the face and they all run out and there's a time when they they dug a hole and a lot of them they used in the jackass but those videos were but made it, it bef- before way that? before J- johnny oh, knoxville no and all those guys got involved they basically bought bam margera's catalog of stuff oh. <laughs> and made jackass so watch cky there's cky one two there's a bunch of them but cky videos are the shit is it me or is bam's parents like the saints the nice yeah. the nicest people on the planet to to put up with that to put up with that i mean think how much money though that that kid generated oh that kid God. changed skateboarding in the craziest ways you got to understand that in the 90s, there wasn't him. That was it. Is that right? There was no Tony Hawk. Nobody talked about Tony Hawk 
at that time. When Bam was on MTV, he was the only skater that was around in my eyes because that's all anybody talked about was Bam. And if you think about it, he even made a band popular that nobody gave a shit about. He made that him band popular. They're from like Austria or some... Nobody would have ever heard of them in the United States ever. And then he's like, I like him. And he started wearing their shirt. And he started wearing the Hardogram stuff. That was oh, their right. logo. That was, yeah. He wore it so much that it became his shit. And everyone thought that that was Bam's logo. Yeah. And then the bands like sued him over it and all kinds of shit. But like, he made him popular. He was so popular as just a a personality. It wasn't even he was beyond skateboarding at that point. Yeah. He was a TV personality. Vice did a Vice has had a several. Man, I can't remember the name of the show, but Vice has got a documentary on like several people who are influential in skateboarding back in the day. And I watched Bam's. And he's seriously influential. Like, yeah. just for the thing, if you think of it, just the Jackass videos alone, like the CKY video started the idea, planted the seed of the idea of the Jackass thing working, mm-hmm. and then it did work. I mean, that dude made millions and millions of dollars off of just being a, a lunatic kid. Right. I mean, they were just With other lunatic kids. Yeah, they were just dry, doing stuff we were all doing, but videotaping it. Like, right. when I was a kid, we would skate out to Walmart and we would get into the carts at night and race around, and you'd have one kid in the cart and, and another kid pushing them around on a, and also being on a skateboard. Like, yeah. you'd be pushing the skateboard and the cart, and it just, it was a recipe for disaster. We'd always wreck and somebody'd always eat shit all the time, but we did it. It was fun. It was just being bored kids. And they took it to another level and they videotaped it and then they put it out there yeah. and then everyone loved it. Have you watched, have you ever watched any documentaries on Spike Jones? Oh yeah. Oh man, that dude. He's part of skate culture too, a lot yeah. of people don't realize. Yeah. Well that's what I mean. Like I yeah. I know of him from that largely and then, you know, he he's done all those other projects. One a skateboarder who's won a um an academy award i mean yeah yeah i can't remember what he won it for but i just know that that happened yeah i didn't realize he how good of a skater he was i saw him well didn't he do the the video didn't he do the jackass stuff with them or i think or he, he was had, i think he was involved he did that one he did the epic one yeah he did jackass three or whatever he was the one that did like the where they were blowing up stuff and they were run through a wall they made these fake walls so it looked like they were skating through concrete walls and stuff yeah but um i think he did that one but anyway there was a behind the scenes showing him like just nonchalantly like 360 flipping and doing like these these harder tricks you know for an older guy but like really like smooth and and he's you could tell he's skated a long time you know what i mean and i didn't know he was that good you know who else is good bieber Oh, don't say that. Dude, check it. He's friends with Nigel. Go look. Bieber's there's Nigel Houston skating with Justin Bieber. And Nigel teaches him. I don't know what kind of flip it was. It's not a three I don't know if it's a three sixty flip or he teaches him some goofy tr- trick like a hard flip or something. And then he does it, lands it perfect, dude, clean. And here's a whole skate video of of Bieber skating a mini. And he's not bad. No shade. You know who me, else? Can, sure. You know who else could skate that I thought I thought was hilarious. I heard that he skated, but I didn't believe it. Lil Wayne. Oh yeah. He can skate. Yeah. 
Like, you know how people are. Oh, I skate. Especially celebrities. Yeah, I skateboard, blah, blah, blah. No, he can skate. Like, yeah. legit can skate. <laughs> so, I know those dudes who who do, who do are real active in St. Louis, the, yeah. the KHVT guys. Uh-huh. Um, and I did a podcast with Brian Bedwell, who is sort of, he's very involved, if not the most, you know, one of the most influential people in, like, the different things that are happening in skateboarding over there. Um, if there's a concrete pour, he's probably involved. Um, the skate church. Skate I think he's the one that did Laborious. Herman's Hole. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you know about that. It's in the middle of like Missouri, and it's yeah. like a private. Him and that crew of guys, yeah. absolutely, have built up a Herman Hole after over years and years and years. Yeah. Um, which I think Herman's Hole, although it's private, you can't just go to it. Mm-hmm. Um, should be a skateboarding landmark. Yeah, I've period. skated there. It was sweet. Yeah, I got, dude. I got all kinds of pictures. It, it, that place never stops. They're, no. they're still building onto oh, it. Oh, I know. Uh, the right last time I went there, um, they did a whole two day. It was right before I got married. Um, that was basically my bachelor party. Was Herman's Hole, a band that I knew from Springfield was playing, and they're like, "You want to go?" And like, we're gonna be there for two days and camping out. I'm like, cool. He goes, yeah. "It's an invite only, so it's just us. You know, can't invite anybody else." like okay so we went and i just acted like i was part of the band and we went and got in and then i skated there it was it was chaos i don't even you see skatopia videos from back in the day yeah like we're just like people are driving every which way into the woods and stuff's on fire people rolling down hills um just shooting each other with nerf guns um like I saw a naked guy on a moped in the, I mean, in a serious bowl. In the, he was riding that moped full bore in Herman's, in Herman's, catching <laughs> air in the, the the technical bowl and stuff. I got video of it, dude. It was it was legit, and it was like punk bands every hour on the hour all night. I did. I don't think I got any sleep. Right. It was insanity for like two days straight. Yeah, but it was awesome. Yeah, those, it was really fun. <laughs> those, guys, those guys go hard. Have you you've seen pictures of the church though, right? Oh, I want to go to that. Yeah, so bad. It's amazing. I want to go. I mean, it's visually amazing, dude. You should do a mural piece there. I would if they somebody let me do something. I can I can hook you up with Brian. Yeah, nobody lets me do shit. I do a mural. It's like nobody wants to let me do a mural. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm I'm almost positive we could hook that up because yeah. like you being a skater and all your history with you know as an artist and everything else. Yeah, I mean they've they've got some legit artists who have come in and done murals. You know names that I don't know, but mm-hmm. supposedly like you know acclaimed artists but then there's also like local street artists and stuff like that like and having art in the church is part of what they're trying to do it's yes it's a skate park but it's also an event space and an art space and um brian's trying to make it into something quite a lot more than just a skate park and i think they're being successful at it oh i think so just because i'm seeing it on stuff that has nothing to do with skateboarding just because people think it's pretty and they're showing pictures of it and it just looks i don't want to say apocalyptic but it looks crazy because on you're looking at the inside of a church with all these stained glass windows yeah full of ramps full of ramps there's a vert. it's like my dream church there's a vert ramp sitting in the middle it's of the, the right only now. church i would go to like yeah. seriously <laughs> it's worth the stop for sure we used to do a thing called skate church or my buddy did a thing called skate church 
in I think it was Granite City. They had a little skate park there. I talk to the guy online every now and then. Yeah, I, Jeremy. I Jeremy, yeah. Yeah, and he was my buddy from way back. But um, he used to do skate church, and um, he'd do like a little sermon and then skate with the kids. Yeah. And it was always cool because it was like um, the kids like probably didn't weren't going to hear any of those messages. And he mm-hmm. never just – he never – got too into it just told them you know basic treat each other right you know he never really got into the religious part of it just you know just treat each other good and you know be kind to each other and help each other and all this you know good stuff positive stuff and then okay let's go skate yeah it was kind of like that and it was real short and simple to the point but i always felt like he's probably the only one giving those kids any positive message because i mean we're in granite granite city is pretty rough i don't know yeah you know it's like all steel like steel people steel Steel workers yeah it's pretty rough area yeah so um definitely blue collar yeah and some of those kids were like rougher than rough but like you could tell their eyes lit up when they heard like something positive like oh okay cool and that's not all shitty (laughs) it's like you know what i mean there's some hope yeah that still (laughs) is rough man oh for real yeah yeah i think they it's not published but i think they lose two or three four people a year working there Mm -hmm. because it's so dangerous oh i've watched those videos of um the disasters and all that stuff and the the ones with the hot molten metal flying out of machines like in those steel mills like when a machine busts and it's shooting molten metal everywhere if that metal hits you you're dead <laughs> you yeah, know or at least gonna lose an arm or something you know that's it's an, craziness it's unbelievable just so we can stamp some steel <laughs> yeah it's insane the process is for me it's like when you see like the bridge bridges and like um like big structures that have giant pieces of metal like who made that uh-huh like who <laughs> that thing's huge like the golden gate bridge like how in the hell did they get those cables Right. Those cables are as big as a car, around as a car, and I'm like, how in the hell did they? What factory made that cable? <laughs> like, it's, it's, how, who's how big is that factory? This, Where? Is, this is what humans do, though. They take <laughs> they take any sort of concept, and if it's a decent concept, a human will take it to its extreme. Yeah, just everywhere. I mean, we got self landing rockets now, like. <laughs> You know I'm, what I mean? Self-driving cars. I'm, we got flying cars. I'm watching these people fly these drone things around. They got hoverboards now that literally are like drones on your feet. Yeah. And you can literally hoverboard for real. <laughs> and like, I'm like, what the hell is happening? We're in the future now. We are, aren't we? <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit too much of a fanboy. Anybody who knows me personally knows I have a Tesla. And I geek out on the idea that my car is literally built by a guy who makes rockets. Oh, he's badass. So, I don't know why people hate on that dude so much. Why do they hate on this guy so much? Did they hate on Einstein as much? I bet you they did. Oh, yeah, totally. I bet you they hated on Einstein because they just, you know. Challenge anytime. You hate any, us. Anytime some, <laughs> the norm is challenged yeah. or, or the bar is being raised, you know, it, you know, people don't like it sometimes. I just like, he. I, he's the only one that, like, they're, like, making fun of him for like trying to build those tunnels and stuff i'm like oh you're making fun of the guy who's trying to solve the problem yeah. you guys have a problem that you need solved and he's the only one trying to solve it yeah. and you guys are just shitting on him and shitting on him and shitting on him it's the same thing with this if you ask me this whole virus thing 
like we got this vaccine right it's oh the vet we need a vaccine we need a vaccine right now and now you got a vaccine and they're like no that came out too fast i don't want that vaccine that vaccine came out way too fast i don't want it and i'm like you wanted it to come out fast yeah everyone made it happen and now you're mad that it came out too fast like make up your mind yeah never gonna never gonna please everybody. nobody's happy yeah um so we are one hour and 55 yeah. minutes right yes. <laughs> right you've 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 sat down in the time in the time tunnel yeah right? we we went in and we it's out yeah <laughs> um one of the things i always like to do is um any one of my pod like any one of my podcast guests i always like to give them the last word because mm-hmm. i feel like we all have a story to tell and you and i mostly riffed back and forth and we touched on you know some origin story stuff and but um you know my guest everybody they just have an outlook on life mm-hmm. and i'd just like to give my podcast guest an opportunity to put out into the ether just whatever you want whatever i want whatever you want i good, just think bad and different you you've got the bully pulpit my man right now i got a lot of artists that are younger looking up to me and i don't know i think it's cool and i really am take it seriously and i they all ask me like how do i do what you do and how do i make it and how you just do it like we were talking about before we started you just do it the ones that make it are the ones that just keep doing it Mm -hmm. and they don't stop and the only person that's going to get in your way is you so when you decide your art's not good enough or it's not this or it's not that that's you deciding that and you're letting other people persuade your view probably and right now maybe your art isn't good enough and my art wasn't good enough for me and sometimes it's not good enough to this day for me personally Mm -hmm. i always feel i could do better but you're supposed to feel that way i feel and you always strive to do better but you just got to keep moving forward one foot in front of the other keep making paintings drawings whatever you do you know singing dancing whatever it is just keep doing art and eventually it pays off and everybody that i've seen actually put the work in and actually try it's worked out for them and Mm -hmm. i've seen people do just watercolors and succeed do woodcuts and succeed canvas paintings and succeed every kind of art murals and succeed so that tells me anybody can succeed if you just do it put the work in put the time in and yeah you got to learn the techniques and stuff and the tricks of the trade but there's no secret the only secret is just keep doing it and you have to believe in yourself when nobody else believes in you and you have to keep doing it when everyone tells you to stop because i had a lot of people tell me to quit when i was young i had a lot of people tell me that art isn't a job art isn't you can't make money at art art isn't a career and all this stuff yet they let me go spend all this money to go to college for art you know it's it made no sense to me i'm like you guys are telling me on this but you just want me to go to college so i decided to go to college for art you're cool with it even though you say i can't make any money at it okay but my parents never never told me that i couldn't i guess that's the one the two people that that probably would have if they would have told me i couldn't do it at any point i think i would have stopped wow so as the good thing is they never did Mm-hmm. And my mom's always like, just do, as long as you're not out doing drugs and causing problems and you're at home painting and stuff, she never saw a problem with it. 
don't see the harm in that. Yeah, so it's like, it was not a big deal. <laughs> the little quote that speaks to what you're saying that, that I like a lot is, if you don't feel like you are succeeding, it's probably just because you haven't done it enough yet. Yeah, just keep at it. Yeah, just keep at it. You just you haven't got there because you haven't got there. Just keep going. Yeah, I heard this is one line on a song. Um, something about failures aren't any failures just are failures because they've just done it longer. Like they've just failed. That's they're so good at failing that yeah. they just so they get so good at a, the whole another level at failing. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like that it's almost not failing at all you've almost succeeded you've almost went to the other side of failure and to get to the other side because you're like you failed like you failed so good that i don't even know how you fucked that up like you fucked that up so good so all i say is my my main advice if you do fuck something up you fuck it up beyond all belief and all recognition (laughs) so that you're a legend and people go man that dude fucked that up nobody's ever gonna fuck shit up like that guy that's what you do and then you'll be remembered for that at least yeah (laughs) let's break some ground yeah dude um that's a great way to end so uh, adam burn through burn 353 i appreciate you um no problem look for the social medias we'll have it posted and and um yeah you guys can get to know burn 353 just a little bit more yeah keep after me all right thanks man peace preach if i appreciate i appreciate you guys thanks bye-bye